Hey there, my name is Sasha Bachmann and I've spent my entire life training and performing handstands all around the world. Since over 15 years now, I've also been helping people like yourself achieve your handstands, flexibility and calisthenics goals. In today's episode, I want to explain to you how training deep side bends in your handstand is going to help you directly to achieve your one-arm handstand goals. Deep side bends are advanced handstand drills and they're essential on your road towards the one-arm handstand. Mastering the deep side bend is also going to give you significantly more freedom of movement on your hands. They require strength, quite a bit of very specific coordination and some mobility. Mobility in your back, in your sides and in your legs. The more flexible that your middle split is going to be, the easier these deep side bends become. A deep side bend is when you're in a handstand. Legs are on a full straddle, elbows are locked, scapula is elevated, you're nice and stable. And now in this full straddle, you're going to bend towards the right from your torso, trying to touch the floor next to your right hand with your right foot. And from here, you come back up and then you repeat exactly the same movement on the other side, trying to touch the floor next to your left hand with the left foot. Imagine you're on a toaster. You don't want to rotate. You're just going down and back up. It's basically a little bit like this middle part of the cartwheel. You know this part, when you're doing a cartwheel, both feet have already left the floor you're passing your legs over, pointing at the sky, and then they come down on the other side. Just the only difference, you never touch the other side, you just pull right back up into a handstand. Looking at it from the perspective of a cartwheel, deep side bends really do seem like complete magic. In a one-arm handstand, we know that the shoulder needs to be on top of the supporting hand. Now what we also know is that the opposite hip needs to be on top of that hand and shoulder. In order to get this opposite hip on top of the hand and shoulder, we have to side bend. The side bend really doesn't need to be a lot. We don't have to go very deep in order to do a one-arm handstand. But what we do need is for the side bend to be very clean and very precise. This side bend should not require a lot of mental or physical energy because nailing your very first one-arm handstand is difficult enough. In order to make this tiny little side bend for your one-arm handstand nice and easy, we're going to practice deep side bends with significantly more range of motion than what we actually need for the one-arm handstand. Because like this, when you get to the one-arm handstand and you have to side bend just a tiny little bit, it's going to be easy breezy. When talking about how to do deep side bends, the first thing that you really have to keep in mind is that deep side bends are not easy. This is one of the most difficult parts of achieving your first one-arm handstand. For me personally, it took me a long time to develop the adequate amount of coordination and flexibility. Really, my back was stiff. It was hard for me to bend towards the side. But with consistent training and the right focus, you will get there Honestly, because I got there. And if I can do it, you can definitely do it too. The most important thing when training your deep side bends is to actually bend in the right spot. You should isolate this band between your hips and the last rib bones. The higher that you can isolate, the better it is. For this, your supporting shoulder has to be super elevated and super stable and your elbow has to stay locked. If your entire side is not pushing through strongly to stabilize the position and collapses, you will not be isolated the band. You're going to start the side bend right from the shoulder, which is going to put a lot of pressure on your shoulder and on your wrists. And with that, increase your risk of injury. By pushing out tall and by really isolating this band nice and high, ideally between your ribs and your hips, you're going to feel that your side bend becomes significantly lighter and easier, which makes sense on a physical point of view since you're moving your body less far away from your center of gravity. Now, like I said, side bends are hard. So we want to make them as easy as possible. Additionally, once you get to your one-arm handstand and you're going to start doing one-arm flags, bending at your shoulder is going to put your body into pressure that your body will just not be able to hold. You will get injured. And you're not going to be able to pull back up out of your flag into a straight one-arm handstand. Please, from the very start, keep in mind, 
your sideband for a regular one-arm handstand does not have to be deep, but it has to be super, super clean. You need to isolate your sideband at your hips. Stabilize your supporting shoulder. If not, this will not work for us. Now, whilst obviously the weight is going to travel towards the side when you do your sideband as you're moving your legs and your hips over to one side, we want to keep looking in the middle between our hands and we want to keep our shoulders immobile. For the outside eye, when someone is watching you, it should almost look like your weight is not shifting over towards the side because you're not collapsing and because nothing is moving. We're really focusing on just bending towards the sides. Your shoulders should never move and they should stay exactly on top of your hands. You need to have your legs open in a full straddle. This is not just for balance, but also to have a reference point. Fully externally rotate your legs and fully open them. Actively push them into your straddle. As soon as your muscles relax and the legs are not pushing against the end range of motion, they are not in a full straddle anymore, which means there's room for them to move and they will move. Your side bends will be different every single time. Like I mentioned earlier, your first one-arm handset is very difficult. You want it to be the same every single time so you can make tiny little adjustments and eventually actually hit your one-arm handstand. If your legs are a little bit different in your hips every time, your one-arm handstand will be different every single time and you're going to have a much harder time getting consistent. Additionally, opening your legs into a full straddle is also going to move your center of gravity a little bit lower, closer towards the hands. In other words, the wider the legs are open, the easier your side bends become. Now, of course, many of us who are starting to train deep side bends don't have a perfect middle split yet, and that's completely okay. The problem here is that you cannot practice your deep side bends or even small side bends with your legs together. That's way too heavy and it's going to put way too much pressure on your back and on your shoulders, and you're not going to hit the right technique anyways. That's impossible. So instead, what you're going to do is you're going to practice your deep side bends in a diamond shape, meaning in the full straddle, you're going to bend your knees and bring your toes together and pull your toes towards your hips. Keep your legs externally rotated. Keep your legs pushing open. You're engaging all the same muscles as the guy next to you who's doing them in a full straddle, but you're doing them in a diamond. You lose the requirement of being very, very flexible, but you keep all of the advantages of the full straddle. Now that we've got the theory out of the way, let's have a look at how you're actually going to train for your deep side bends. Now again, keep in mind, Yes, they're called deep side bends, but for your one-arm handstand, you don't need to go very deep. You need to be clean and precise and effortless. Keep that in mind right now when we actually work on our deep side bends. The first thing that you're going to do is you're going to figure out the movement standing upright on your feet. Hands behind the head, feet, shoulder width apart. You're going to bend towards the side. Here already, make sure that you don't rotate. Imagine you're in a toaster and you don't want to burn your elbows or your arms or your hands or anything at all. Stay super clean. Once you've gotten used to this movement, and you've built up some volume with your practice, maybe two or four weeks into training these, we're going to move it upside down into the handstand and towards the wall. We're going to train chest to wall, and you're going to come pretty close to the wall, but not as close as you would come in a regular chest to wall handstand. We need to do these deep side bends in a full straddle. Now again, even if your middle split is very good, it's probably not perfect, which means that you have a slight pike in your hips. Now we don't want this slight pike to push the hips away fast, so your shoulders open and your back arch. Instead, come a little bit further away. So you can be in a comfortable full straddle position with your feet touching the wall and your lower back being pretty straight, shoulders on top of the center of the hands. Here, we're going to start training our side bends. Keep weight on the wall. We want to cut balance out of the equation fully right now. We want to be able to just focus on the actual movement of side bending. Remember, hands shoulder width apart, look in the center between your hands, lock your elbows, elevate your scapulas, go slow and start small. Going deep, touching the floor with your foot is not the goal here. We want to stay clean. A really nice way of tracking your progress here can be to put, for example, two chairs next to you and build yoga blocks on top of the chairs. 
you can touch those chairs quite easily every single day. Every week, you're going to take one yoga block or whatever you have away to go a little bit deeper. Like this, over time, in a very controlled and slow manner, you can work your way deeper into the sideband while making sure that you stay clean and always in control. Once you're getting fairly good at doing these sidebands at the wall, and especially once you can do quite some volume of these, meaning you can do three sets of three to four reps each side alternating, we're going to start doing them without the wall. But we're actually going to stick close to the wall. I basically want you to come maybe two hands further away than your regular sidebands at the wall. So your feet just don't touch the wall. Now here, we're going to practice our sidebands. Being this close to the wall has two major advantages. Number one, we can cut out the jumping up and falling down from the handstand, meaning your mental capacity can be 100% with the sidebands. Number two, you get instant feedback. Every single time that you make a tiny mistake, the foot is going to touch the wall and you know that you've messed up. Freestanding, you might not realize this quite as quickly because you can get away with mistakes if you're strong. Stay close to the wall, force yourself to do things perfectly. It's going to pay off so much later on in your one-arm handstand journey. Once you get good doing your deep sidebands close to the wall, you can make it even harder by training non-alternating sidebands, meaning you're going to do two or three reps on the side before then switching side and doing two, three reps on the other side. This is going to help you build up even more shoulder strength and it's going to prepare you even more for your actual one-arm handstand practice. Using ankle weights to make your sideband training more efficient might seem like a good idea, but I can tell you from personal experience on myself and on many, many semi-professional hand balancers, it's not the best idea. The ankle weights make your sidebands significantly harder. The chances that you're going to get injured are much higher than your chances of actually getting greater results. You don't need ankle weights. Go for non-alternating reps. Make your reps perfect. Film yourself. Be self-critical. I promise to you, you will improve fast enough. Deep sidebands on your hands are very, very complex. And there's a lot of mistakes that you can and probably will make. Making mistakes is nothing to be ashamed of. It's even a good thing in handstands because only by making these mistakes you get to know your body better and you're going to build muscles that you usually wouldn't build. By making mistakes here during the Steve sideband training, you're preparing yourself for when you're able to hold a one-arm handstand, you lose control and you have to push back up. If all of your deep sidebands would be perfect, you would never learn to catch yourself. But it is essential that you know and understand these mistakes so you can work on them to then eventually perfect your technique and move on to the one-arm handstand. One of the biggest mistakes that I see when it comes to the deep sideband is that your supporting shoulder collapses or moves towards the front. As mentioned earlier, if your supporting shoulder doesn't stay strong or if your elbow bends, it's impossible to isolate the sideband between your ribs and your hips. If your shoulder collapses, you're going to start sidebending from the shoulder. You're putting significantly more pressure on your shoulder and on your wrist. There's going to be a higher risk for injuries and you're not going to be able to control your one-arm handstand. A second mistake that I see quite often is that the upper leg, the inside leg, moves out of the middle split, the fullest straddle, into a more closed position. Meaning when you come back up, both of your legs are not open anymore equally. One is more pointing towards the ceiling. The problem with this is that, number one, clearly you're lacking mind-muscle connection. But the bigger thing is that if your legs are moving inside of your hips, you lose your point of reference. Your sidebands are never going to be the same, which means your one-arm handstand attempts are not going to be the same every single time, which means it's going to be impossible to make changes and adjustments to make the technique work for you. Additionally, if your leg is not actively pushing into the full straddle and there is, say, a 10-degree gap, then this 10-degree, your leg will bounce back and forth. It's going to be unstable in this range, and this will really translate through your back and your shoulders into your wrist, and you're not going to be stable. You're going to fall. Another really big mistake is that you're trying to open your legs too far. You're opening past your middle split into a pancake position, meaning you're starting to be very piked. This might work in your two-arm handstand, but if you go into the deep sideband, your inside leg is now really pointing in the direction of your stomach. 
this leg is heavy and it's going to fall down. You would have to engage your glutes like crazy to hold this leg up. Chances are high you're not going to be able and this leg will just drop towards the floor. Another really common mistake in the side bends that happens all the time is that the shoulders move as a counterweight in the opposite direction. Meaning, when you're bending towards the right, your shoulders go towards the left. This has two problems. Number one, you're not practicing the right thing. And number two, you might think that you're bending really, really deep, but by moving the shoulders in the opposite direction, the foot is going to get lower than it usually would get without you having to side bend more. Meaning, you're getting absolutely fake progress. You're going to be excited about progress that you make, but you're not making it. One more thing that I see quite often is rotation instead of side bending. This means that you're either really lacking coordination, which it is most of the time, or if you ever watch me perform at the end of a long run and I've done a lot of shows, you might realize that I'm actually rotating instead of side bending. This is when my back is really, really sore and I just don't want to side bend on top of the spot that already hurts so much. If you cannot side bend because your back is too sore, don't be like me. Don't try to continue to train. No, get therapy, put ice and heat on your back, go to a massage, skip a training. Your life doesn't depend on it. But chances are really high. The reason that you're rotating and not side bending is actually because you're simply lacking coordination. You need to move it back to the wall. You need to start with tiny little side bends and you really need to inch away from these side bends. Tiny, tiny bit at a time. If you don't develop the coordination now, you will never develop it. Looking at your foot in the deep side bends is obviously also not going to help you. We are not trying to see how far we can go. In general, we're not trying to go as deep as possible at all. We were trying to be clean and stable. So keep looking between your hands. Last but not least, really important, don't try to skip progressions. Don't try to move super fast towards your deepest side bend. Give it time. Deep side bends are hard on your body. If you go too fast, your back is going to hurt a lot. Which brings us to our next topic, risks of deep side bends. One of the biggest risks of deep side bends is simply that your back will hurt. Your back is going to get stiff like a brick and you will not be happy. You need to warm up well. You need to stay warm while you train. You need to roll your back. You need to ice and put heat on your back. No matter what, you need to keep your back muscles happy and healthy. Coming back to your supporting shoulder. If your shoulder collapses here a lot or your elbow bends a lot, you're putting significantly more pressure on your wrist because your angle is getting sharper and sharper. This means your wrist is running a high risk of injuries. You need to be respectful of your body. If your side bends are not good this day, do less. If your side bends are in general not good, take a step back, focus on form. Bad side bends are bad for your body. It's that simple. That pretty much sums it up. You know how to train side bends. You know why you need to train side bends. And you really know all the mistakes that you might be making during your side band training. A few more things to take with you is, number one, I would not recommend to get a spotter for your side bends. Even for a professional hand balancer coach, spotting side bends is not that easy. It's awkward. It's a weird height. And it's really, really difficult. You really need to have a profound understanding of how deep side bends work. Instead, go to the wall, train them by yourself, figure it out by yourself. We all did it. You can do it too. I'm pretty sure if you've listened to me ramble this long, you're an absolute handstand freak, which means your long-term goal is not to do nice side bends. Your long-term goal is to do a one-arm handstand and a side bend in this one-arm handstand, which means you really need to watch out for your form and you really need to make sure your supporting shoulder is nice and strong. You need to build up excellent technique and resistance in your body. Once your deep side bends are really, really nicely and they work well, you can elevate the hand that you're not side bending on, on a handstand block, a yoga block, or even on a little stool and eventually on a chair. The higher this hand gets, the more difficult it is. At this point, when you're doing your side bends with the free hand elevated on something, you're of course going to start to look at your floor hand, the one that you're working at. You're going to connect your working shoulder with the side of your face and you're basically now doing your deep side bends fully on one hand with the other hand just being there for assistance. Again, 
start training this when you're actually ready. If you skip the steps, this will not only become completely useless, but even dangerous for your body. Train your sidebands for long-term success and not for tomorrow. Nobody here will get their sidebands today or tomorrow. We need to really invest the time and see this as a very long-term project. Thank you so much for listening and I'm going to see you next time.